Welcome on in to the Neutral Zone. This is episode number 21, and this is Brett, the Panthers admin for the page, and I go by All Barkov, No Bite. This is Cash, your favorite Bruins admin, and I go by Neverending Pasta. And this is Ethan. I'm your Dallas Stars admin. I go by Double Penetration. That is, until now, I am changing my hashtag. <gasps> Which you all are the first to, to Yo, hear about it. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> change it. Uh, my new hashtag will be hip hip rupe. Hip hip rupe. I like wow. that for rupe hints. Uh, I prefer it. Does yeah. that mean you don't and like you know. getting double penetrated anymore? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. Uh, and then we cut. also. We, we might have a new admin never heard before on the podcast, and that is a another Hurricanes admin, Amanda. Hey, guys. I'm Amanda, and I go by Stall I Know. She's real, everyone. Yeah. Well, it would be good to hear have you on here, Amanda. Um, we're going to talk about quite a few things today. The first big news is all the stuff that happened in Ottawa, so we'll get into that. Um, the McAvoy suspension a couple of milestones were reached by a couple players we got a couple of retirements we'll review the heritage classic and just a couple more things and i think it's going to be a really good episode so cue the intro this is the neutral zone So the first topic that we're going to get into today is everything that went down in Ottawa. It started off with um, some more news about Shane Pinto coming out. He had not signed with the team. He was um, still an RFA. He wasn't signing. We didn't really get a lot of information about why that was happening. And then it comes out last week that he had been sports betting. I think we it was found out it wasn't actually on NHL's gains, but he was sports betting. They said it's not NHL betting, but if you look at the CBA, they permit any sports betting as long as it's not NHL. So the NHL CBA says okay. that you can, but then they're something coming out and fishy. saying, hey, you're, yeah, something is fishy. <laughs> yeah, the NHL is coming out and saying it wasn't NHL stuff, but we're still going to issue the fourth worst suspension ever. Right. 41 games. That's what I was about to say. He got suspended 41 games. Um, I think this is somewhat fortunate, not really, but a little bit, is that he's technically already serving that suspension, even though he hasn't signed a contract. So no matter when he signs that contract, he can come in and play game 42. So, I mean, it could be worse. Um, <laughs> well, it, it could, because here's the next thing that happened to Ottawa. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember... What went down when uh, it was Vegas who tried to trade away Evgeny Dadanov to Anaheim, and then Evgeny Dadanov is like, whoa, 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 in my contract, these are one of the teams I said I will not be traded to. And then um, it took a while for it to come out that apparently Ottawa just never told Vegas that Dadanov had this clause in his contract. And finally, after... Two years, right? Um, they decided that they were going to punish Ottawa by making them forfeit 
a first round pick, they get the choice of it being this year, um, 2025 or 2026. They can make the decision following the results of the lottery. And then as soon as that happened, hours later, fired the GM. So quite a mess there in Ottawa. Yeah, I think it's, first of all, I love the wording. Uh, this isn't a word I use in my daily life, but the fact that the statement is, we pissed off a couple clubs. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you did. Uh, so I just, I found that funny. But um, clearly Ottawa was up to some shady business. And, or, or not even necessarily shady, but do better. I was going to say that, like, so the new owner, Michael Amlauer, he, he did not really hold back when they did this press conference. Like, Ethan was saying, like, you don't hear a lot of guys say, we pissed off a lot of teams. And he was just kind of brutally honest. He criticized the NHL a little bit. He criticized the people who sold him the team because apparently they told him this stuff would be a non-issue when he bought the team. And now he's the one who's got to deal with it. I mean, it is. It. How much does it actually affect the owner? They weren't fined anything, right? Right. There, There's no financial penalty. It's really on the GM, which they they have the GM issue with uh, Pinto. It, it almost feels like when they did this investigation into Pinto, they then found more issues. And sure, that sucks, but that goes on the GM, which then obviously he's forced to resign. And then you hire a new GM. It doesn't really affect the owner. So he shouldn't be as butthurt, in my opinion. It's it's not like it's a fourth-round pick. He's losing a first-round pick. And I don't think mm. – I think it's going to be a, let's say, 13 to 20th overall pick. That could be that could be a major player. I mean, that could affect the team's future down the road, even if it's, even if it's three years away. Like, I don't know, you look at Pasternak, he was um, – 25th overall. So like Man. you never you never know who you're going to find in that area. Like you look at the I'm just going to keep on going back to the Bruins where they had the three bat, draft picks in a row and they blew two of them. So you never I just think I'd be pissed. They didn't the fact that it was from previous ownership too and it reflects on him. Like I understand the team should be punished, but they should they kind of like pulled the the wool over his eyes and didn't tell him about any of this. And it's obvious the investigation was going on for a while. So I think it's crazy. I think he rather would have, would have gotten hit with a million dollar fine. Because I mean, if he can afford if he can afford to pay a billion, he just right. made what two hundred fifty million off of the ten percent stake of the Montreal Canadiens he just sold, right, or something yep. like that. So like that was right. The guy's not hurt, and you know I'll, I'll take whatever he drops out of his wallet at this point. But <laughs> I, I'd be pretty pretty pissed too. Yeah, and. It's not like ticket sales are going to go down in Ottawa. I'm pretty sure people in Ottawa still go to hockey games. They have for however long this drought has been that they've been experiencing. But what I find interesting, this is from Sportsnet Canada. Um, Ann Lauer said, quote, Ann Lauer said he knew about the penalty for a week. According to several sources, he tried to argue and ease the ruling by mentioning other situations where teams were not penalized as heavily. A few executives indicated such a punitive punishment comes when the NHL feels it is misled during investigations. That's a big no-no, one exec said. So 
we see the headline, we see the story, but it to me it sounds like there's a lot more going on behind the scenes, and I don't think this is the last big story for Ottawa. That's what I would guess. But at the same time, like the guy only bought the team a week and a half ago. How much misleading could he do? That should be on previous ownership in my mind. You know, that's at least that's it, how I feel. So it was enough that he was at least in a situation where he could argue with the ruling. Now that uh, Dorian's out of there, you think DJ Smith is on the hot seat? Who Who's that? The, coach. the head coach. The coach? No. I think it's – I would say no because for him it's just going to depend, depend on how the team performs on the ice, which to be fair, they start off really good and now they're at the bottom of the Atlantic. I mean, it's early, but, you know. And he, um, even if he did get fired, it's going to be a, a pointing to the GM saying, hey, this isn't my fault that I've lost Shane Pinto and all these things. Like, this right. is, this is bigger than me. Their goalies are playing like trash right now, too, so they can only do so much. Dude, I have Corpusalo on my fantasy team, and I just got a notification that he got pulled after allowing three goals yeah. in, like, the first, like, very early in the game. I'm like, oh, In my. our league? And that's against you, Cass. Ugh. I don't think I have any chance of coming back. But Dude, what, we're the two highest scoring teams this week. Of course. It's, it's insane. That's always how it is. <laughs> Gosh darn it. And Jack Hughes is out for you, too, and I still can't. He might come back. He traveled with the team for Chicago for tomorrow. I actually just, I actually just saw a tweet that they said it wasn't the worst case scenario they were thinking it was, but they still need a couple days. To bring it back to, sorry, (laughs) I love (laughs) fantasy talk, but just to bring it back, while yes, the the deal was finalized with with the new ownership of the Senators, this has been a deal that was pretty much a done deal like this summer, you know? So he's been involved a lot more than we want to give him credit for. I, I don't know. I think there's more to come. I'm sure they're hoping you are wrong about that. I'm sure. It feels like they've already been dealing with that a lot. But let's move on to our next topic. We're going to talk a little bit about Charlie McAvoy um, in the game between Boston and Florida. Um, towards the end of regulation... Um, McAvoy ended up kind of doing a high hit on Oliver Ekman Larson. They reviewed it, decided to give him a match penalty. And then later the following day, they decided to spend him, suspend him for four games. I believe he was fined pretty heavily as well. So, um, here, Cass, you're, you're the Bruins fan. I think you had already said in our chats that you felt like it was justified. Um, before I take the stage, I'm going to let you go because you're the Florida Panthers okay. fan. This is two, two biases hitting uh, against each other. <laughs> I have to write all your so, points down so I can counterpoint them. Hold on. Okay. Well, I mean, it. I feel like it was a, a high hit, um, and I don't think anyone could disagree with that. And I was glad that Ekman Larson wasn't fully hurt like he came back out. Um, I don't think he actually – I think he – sorry, he did not come back out for that game. But he played for us in Detroit, and he's playing uh, tonight in Chicago. Um, so, I mean, I felt like it was the right call. Four games feels right. I don't think it should have been more. Um, you know, I, I remember being frustrated um, when um, it was um, Lindholm fell on Sam Bennett's leg. And then, like, there were some Panther fans saying that he did it intentionally. But when you watch the replay, he kind of just, it's just kind of, like, 
hockey's going fast. The dude fell on him, and it just sucks because we just got Bennett back. So I remember being more irritated with that than um, the McAvoy hit. So I don't. I feel like the reason why I was trying to turn it over to you is because I don't have too much to say because I think they made the right call. I actually didn't watch the hit until just right now. Um, and here's what I'll say. So this hit reminds me of the Matt Dumba hit on Joe Pavelski in the playoffs. In that game, I was very upset that Dumba didn't get anything more than a two-minute minor. There's there's leading without leading. You know, it, hockey players aren't dumb. They they're very smart. I mean, how how else can you play this game and not be smart? But th- knowing where a player's head is, you can make it look like you're just skating by, and then all of a sudden it's just. So my main issue with this suspension is it reminds me a lot of the Dumba hit. Dumba got a two-minute minor. McAvoy gets this okay. suspension. That's just, eh. Does, before I start off, has, did anyone see the hit that Rasmus Anderson laid that got him suspended for four games? Oh, dude, he jumped. That hit is way worse than McAvoy's, in my opinion. He, like, jumped into him. Like, that is Oh, yeah, horrible. that's the one that got him out of the Heritage Classic. Yeah, and he, he deserved Correct. it. <laughs> I remember this hit now. Yep. So, going into this, um, I'm going to say it's exactly what DOPS is trying to get out of the game. I have no problem with the suspension. It was a bonehead play by McAvoy. There was no need to do it. Um, it came out the other day. He's appealing his suspension, which is stupid. Um, and in case you guys don't know, it goes in front of Gary Bettman because he didn't have a phone call with the DOPS and Bettman has the, the three options. He can reduce it. He can keep it the same or he can make it, um, increase the suspension. He can increase it with the appeal. He can, which I didn't know that he can. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, until hearing uh, until um, hearing that, it, I would say, like, like, if Anderson appealed just for the sake of saying, can I please, <laughs> please, please play outside? Dude, why did it get that, increased, right? It, well, it, it's like, after that, before knowing that it could get increased, with Anderson's appeal and how petty that was, I, there's no appeal. That is silly. So, always appeal until learning that apparently it can it can be extended, but my question more so is this call that didn't happen, is it like he didn't take the call, didn't make the call? Well, I might be wrong. I think it's it's something where like, oh, maybe he doesn't have to go to the office. It, it's a different kind of hearing for the suspension where it, it doesn't go in front of an arbitrator, essentially. Mm-hmm. It goes in front of Batman. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, if I was Batman, I'd be like, "Oh, now you got five games to waste of my freaking time." So thanks, Dude, you know, he, like if he didn't, you know, do you did Anderson, something wrong. If he yeah. didn't do that for Anderson, it would be super wrong for him to do that for McAvoy because Anderson appealing his suspension is way more ridiculous than McAvoy's. So when um, Anderson appealed and Gary Batman came out with a statement saying he wasn't gonna. Uh, lower the suspension. One of the things he said was, uh, I, I'm not going to go against DOPS. It's kind of why they're there. All right. It kind of defeats the purpose. It's going to be the same thing with McAvoy. It should be. Right. You know, why, why should Gary Bettman as the commissioner of the NHL to be able to 
you know, lower suspension. I think that's crazy. Excuse me. But that's my opinion on that. Um, does anyone have anything else to say about that hit before I go into a quick little Bruins minute? Because I did want to touch on this. I, I will say, I think it's silly to think Gary Bettman is a busy man. Um, I don't think anyone's <laughs> wasting his time. I think he's like, hey, I can do something uh, other than present the Stanley Cup and do the first round of the draft and get booed both times. But you say, you're thinking he's just sitting on his pants the whole rest oh, of the year? He's not going to have to do the first round anymore. But to cl- sitting on the couch, just like waiting for the phone call. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm recapping your both of your opinions, because you're both on opposite sides of this game, Brett, you think the suspension, it didn't have to be given, and Cass, you think it was right? Is that correct? No, I, th- I think we, we actually, both me and Cass ended up agreeing. Okay, you both agree. It was right to suspend him. Four games feels right. Um, okay. No, sorry, sorry. Nothing, no fight, fighting there. <laughs> I say I used all my emotion on him when they actually were playing because uh, honestly, that's why I. I was, How'd I that work? Tur- so I try to turn off gains because I know I just get so angry <laughs> and I hate and I don't want to say something that like I would be stupid. I do think and I think this is where I got tripped up. You mentioned the aftermath of the hit and no games missed, right? Whereas right, right. Ekman Larson didn't miss any games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So whereas like this Anderson hit on Line Eight, Line A is I believe still out. I have him on one fantasy team, and I think the update I most recently read was he's out until November 8th. So interesting that it's similar suspensions, but the aftermath was different. I don't know how they play into that. but So I love this week because I was able to get on a Brett skin by the Bruins beating the Panthers, and I was able to get the best of both the Toronto admins by getting under their skin the other night. So you can have to bother um, uh, Nick you tonight. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, no, because it's tied right now, so I can't really okay. say anything. Hey, it was about. tied when we were going back and forth. So yeah. Um, I mean, I think this week was big for the Bruins as a team. I mean, obviously the Panthers game was close in overtime. Hell of a game. Uh, the Maple Leafs game went into a shootout. Another awesome game. But the way and Brett, you obviously don't want to hear this, but the way they killed that five-minute major, oh, yeah. and then they went into overtime. Like, that was – it's nice to see I'll say real, how they choked quick. last like, year. I, the Bruins definitely, like, have – I mean, they have the best penalty kill in the league right now. They let two in also, tonight. we had freaking <laughs> Evan Rodriguez fumbling passes left and right and letting the Bruins easily clear it because he lost the puck. So that we, – we, it was a combination of the Bruins doing good and us being bad. For me as a fan, Anyways, uh, no, no, it's all good. For me as a fan, like I, I feel you, like, but as a team, you, and I'm not, I'm not calling you out per se, but like I, I try not to concentrate on like one play and be like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Like, um, I can't even recall what you're, what you're talking about either. To be honest, I might have, but I might, I might have been talking shit to you in Discord at the time. <laughs> but the, there's a couple people. I got so pissed off with that missed opportunity on five minute power play that I was like rambling about it in the Panthers group and people are starting to get irritated with me for like bringing it up. And I'm like, well, it was so bad. That's the reason why we lost. We couldn't finish. Yeah. I mean, was, I'm, I'm kind of getting my con- games confused because this week was kind of, 
hectic for me. Were the Bruins up 2 nothing in that game, and then they came back? The Panthers came back? Or was that the Toronto? That was the Toronto game because Toronto scored two we goals back, in 63 we seconds. And forth. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Toronto, you were up 2-0. Two, two yeah. yeah. Oh, Florida was up 2 nothing. Yeah, but that's right. Like, and I Boston scored one in the second, one. one in the third. Yeah, and won in overtime to win. So, I mean, we talk we had, about uh, this every every week. Reno both Vegas. Um, any update? Which um, which Sam was it that got their leg messed up? Um, Bennett or Reinhardt? Bennett. Is, is he all right? Is he out? Have they said anything? So he had a preseason injury with his leg. Actually, similar thing that happened. He comes back, and then someone falls on his leg, and basically this irritates me with the, over the NHL. They just like lower body injury. It's week to week. That's all I got. That's that's the only information I have, and I follow all the Panthers insiders, get all the insider information, and that's the best I've got. Lower body injury. <laughs> so Week to week. While we're kind of talking about the Bruins, did anyone watch the Bruins uh, Maple Leafs game on Thursday? I, I I did. I watched. I didn't watch the whole game, but when I saw it was tied late in the third, that's when I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna watch this." <laughs> did you happen to see a recap of Marshawn's hit on Lilligren or the battle in the corner? I should say. I mean, you feel like oh, everyone. I have I, thoughts on this. <laughs> I think it's a good topic to bring up. It's been a huge thing that people, especially Leafs fans, have gotten irritated with. Um, not. Even it feels like not so much at what Marshawn did, but the lack of response from Toronto, from their captain, from anybody. Um, I know a lot of people showed right after the thing ha- happened, Tyler Bertuzzi just laughing on the bench, and so like everyone's like sh- we should be defending this guy. You know, it was a. Uh, uh, I had a lot of people been saying it's a dirty hit. And in, whether it was or wasn't, you normally go out and defend your guy when he gets hurt, and there was nothing from that from Toronto. And you have Ryan Reeves on your team, too. But. Right, exactly. You kind of covered a lot of it there, Brett. Sorry. The, the fans are taking offense to something that even their own players, yeah. they knew <laughs> it wasn't a dirty hit. It it was, and, and this is what Toronto fans, Toronto fans, you guys are great. You're, I com, commend your dedication to your team and your fandom after all these years, and I have I have all but respect for that. But you're blind to like reality. You're you're so blinded by bias because this play happens so close to the boards that everyone is. You have to break when you're heading to the boards that fast. Everyone is thinking at that moment, break. And what you hear that, Steve Dangle? What's that? He said, hear that, Steve Dangle. Did you Dangle? hear that, Steve Dangle? <laughs> <laughs> and, and what happens is their skates click, which throws, I don't know how to say his name, Lily. Um, Lily Grin. Yeah, him. It throws him off his balance. He starts to fall, but this is, you're, you're analyzing this from a slow motion replay, right? In real time, there's no reaction time. For Marshan to realize what's happening and he goes into break mode which I saw someone say this I'm not going to say who it was but someone claimed that's not how anyone in the world hockey stops and that was a verbatim hockey stop he's going to his his uh, left his left 
inside blade stop. And what happens is their feet hook and then he falls and, and that's all it is. And then as far as like the whole response to, I said this in discord uh, today, if you guys saw it, but Tavares is not the captain to be an enforcer when right. something happens. Uh, there are captains like that, but there are many captains also not like Truba. That. Yeah, Truba's one. Jamie Benn is one. Jamie Benn will get into a fight with anyone in the league if they're messing with his teammate. But someone like Tavares or um, Ovechkin, they are not going to get their hands dirty. There's someone else for that. For Ovechkin, it's Tom Wilson, right? Right. So we we also... That was the second part of this week for me is battling the Maple Leafs admin, particularly about this hit, but also the game. And um, a couple of them tried to say that he used his stick to take the guy down. And and that was sucks, the I, I think – go ahead. No, go. Oh, I was, I was going to ask, did you see my response? Probably. Do I remember it? No. About the stick. Oh. <laughs> I can wait. Game. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to interrupt you. <laughs> well, the whole thing – the whole thing was like, oh, why is his stick where it was? He's clearly trying to do something. Right, he is. He's trying to get to the puck before Lily does. And at the end of that play, after he's fallen, you see Marshan do what he was trying to do. He was getting to the puck before the other guy did. And that's that's how I see it. I think if it was any other player besides Marshawn, we wouldn't be having this much of a discussion either. And I'm shocked I'm defending Marshawn. It, it really it really sucks because I've the last couple of Bruins games, like you saw the two times he played against Bedard, he was like holding Bedard's stick, just being a rat, you know. And he, <laughs> was he was doing it again game. tonight too. He and it's like you represent the team, like you can't do that bullshit anymore. Like I just don't. I understand it's a certain part of his game, but that's not getting you anywhere. And you know they're gonna start telling the refs, being like, "Hey." Look out for this guy and call. Start calling him so they suffer and he learns. That's what's going to happen and it's going to hurt the team. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't want him as a captain. Well, what's so funny is I I hate Brad Marchand so much. <laughs> but I find myself ironically defending him more than you are. Granted, I don't watch as many Boston Bruin games as you do, but. I feel like from what I have seen, it. I feel like he's trying to act, like be on his best behavior. I will die saying this. There are 31 other teams in the league who would <laughs> love to have Brad Marchand on their team. Oh, yeah. Sorry, hashtags Tyson yeah. shout out. You would love to have him on your age decrepit team. Same thing with Tom Wilson. Any team would love to have him on their team. All right, so speaking of, you know, interesting hits, there was also another one that did not get a suspension. We've talked about two that did, um, one that happened last week, one that happened this week. And the one I'm talking about is Adam Fox, the collision with Sebastian Ajo, which left a lot of Ranger fans angry. And then that just made Kane's fans angry because it was <laughs> like, oh, that was dirty. No, it wasn't dirty. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. And this is my take. Um, it's it's also similar actually to to another hit the the Marshand and Lily thing the collision and it's about real time reactions. 
there's no way Sebastian Ajo was trying to stick his leg out. And if you actually watch the clip, Fox's leg is actually way more out than Ajo's. And Ajo's also coming back from an injury. So it makes zero sense in my head that Ajo was trying to do anything dirty. Um, I don't follow the Canes super close to know what kind of player Ajo is. Uh, so let's throw it to Amanda. Uh, yeah. So this Ajo is not your dirty player in the least bit. And like you said, like you said, he's literally just coming back from an injury. The last thing he's going to do is put himself at a risk to re-injure himself. And if you, and this is like the argument I was getting into with the other Ranger admins of if you rewatch the hit, because everyone's like, yeah, Ajo stuck his leg out. And I'm like, where? Because the 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 <laughs> slow motion replay that I'm watching, you definitely see Fox's leg out more. And not that I think like Fox is like trying to hit him either, but like moving out of the way. Not a dirty hit. Nothing, nothing close to that. To me, it's barely a hit. Right? Like they just kind of run into each other. It's a collision. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I'm watching it for the first time here as we're recording, and this is they just are. Aho's trying to get out of the way. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. It sucks that Adam Fox got hurt, but I, I, I don't know how you can think Aho did Aho did anything wrong here. The way I look at it is, if it was intentional, it's pretty dumb because he he's risking injury to himself as well. Right, that's what Amanda was trying to say about him being previously injured. Yeah, exactly. I would argue um, Sebastian Ajo is more important to his team than Adam Fox. Uh, number one defenseman, number one center, pretty pretty close to importance, I would say. If you could say one. I would say the Rangers can survive without him compared to the Hurricanes. Who's going to score for the Hurricanes? Lit- like Literally, Ajo had the game-winning overtime goal tonight against the Islanders. The Canes need him. And I'm not saying Adam Fox should have been suspended. Or any, I, it really was just a collision. And anyone who's got their panties in a wad, and get over it. It was a collision. It's it's like it's like it's been said tonight. Hockey's a fast paced game, and unfortunately, stuff like this happens. It's part of the game. And like, and as a Canes fan, I wish nothing but like good juju for Fox. Like that, it's get healed quickly the last thing i want is for any player regardless of the team to get injured yeah so jesse get your panties out of a wad get over your man cold it's it was a fair hit i don't remember if he was one of the ones getting mad about it maybe he, he, was. he made the meme he made the meme oh yes i i do remember that that's right but yeah jumbo joe thornton has retired from the nhl he released a shirtless video saying he was basically <laughs> done I'm done. Um, in my mind, he will go down as one of the people I think of who unfortunately never won a cup, and he deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm the I'm the one who ended up 44 years old. Yeah, I'm the one who ended up no, good. putting the uh, post together for his retirement for our page, and uh, when I was doing that, I love to put in like all the ty- different types of stats and stuff, and he is up there on all the major ones, like. Um, not like number one in any of them, but up towards the top. So, like, I'm going to pull it up here because I want to make sure I say it right and not generic. While you pull that up, sure. Um, I, I will say one thing I'm shocked about 
with the Joe Thornton thing is that there wasn't some kind of deal with San Jose where it's like mm-hmm. a one day contract to to retire. I know he was drafted by Boston, but you know when you think Joe, he Thornton, was a legacy in, Sharks. in Sharks. Sharks. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So when as at the time of his retirement, he finished with a thousand seven hundred fourteen games played, which is six most NHL all time. Only five players have played more games than Joe Thornton. He scored four hundred thirty goals. So not the biggest goal scorer, one too high on that part. But then 1,109 assists, that put him 7th all-time in assists. And then his 1,539 points, 12th all-time in scoring. So top top 12 in the major statistics there. Um, he didn't win a lot of hardware. Um, only in 2006 when he won the Art Ross and Hart Trophy. Uh, and that what's kind of funny is that was his very first year with San Jose. So he kind of started off his legacy there. Um, obviously brought them to uh, one cup final, lost to Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. But overall, I totally agree. Should, definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. It It's a shame, for I mean, especially for San Jose fans, that they never won a cup during that those prime years like yeah joe thornton joe pavelski brent burns they won so many president's trophies like they were always top anti niemi when he was in his prime i mean they had such a great team but nabokov oh yeah i forgot about that that was back when california actually had good hockey (laughs) (laughs) anaheim was winning cups back then too and the kings man yeah but i mean legend and he's hilarious every single video he does is he's hilarious he the last team he ever played for ended up being uh my team florida didn't really do anything for us um i think he was a good locker room presence guy and that was probably about it was when he was on the ice didn't have the speed to keep up with um anyone (laughs) do you guys think uh san jose retires this number 100 percent do they have? I don't think they have any retired numbers, so that would feel like a good one. Let's see. Let's find out if they have any retired. Um, I'd be surprised if Marlowe's not. I want to say yes. Yeah, last year, February twenty fifth, Patrick Marlowe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they retired Marlowe. Yeah, just. And I want to say they would retire Thornton's, but why not have him retire as a shark? It might be coming yeah. though. Like Craig Anderson, he retired last year, and they just they just signed him. A week yeah. or two ago, right? It's true. Yeah. So right now, you're you're right, Kaz. It's just Patrick Marlowe's number twelve, and you know Thornton definitely would. would I think I I feel like Sharks fans would be one hundred percent good with uh, Joe Thornton. What was he? Nineteen. Yes. Crap. Yeah. Okay. Joe Thornton's nineteen, in up there in the rafters. That wasn't the only retirement we had. We also had. Paul Statsny. Yeah, so, I mean, with Paul Statsny, it's a big family of um, elite hockey talent. I mean, his dad and I believe his uncle both played for the Nordiques and Avalanche and some all-time players there. Um, Paul didn't have quite as big of a career as (laughs) his uh, relatives, but still a solid career. 1,145 games played, 822 points. Um, bounced around quite a bit in his career, stayed on Colorado for a long time, um, but then 
went from St. Louis, played one year in Winnipeg, then Vegas, Winnipeg again, and ended his uh, career in Carolina. He was, I mean, like you guys said, he was there for one year and was a nice fit in during that time, but like wasn't anything super great. I mean, he played almost the whole season and ended with 22 points. So like great for when we needed him to show up. So a good veteran presence for a younger team, I would say. Exactly. Like a Joe Thornton. <laughs> it seems that's what, what these old guys try to do is try to get, I mean, with, with both Statsny and Thornton, I think they, when they signed with Florida and Statsny with Carolina, they're thinking, Hey, these teams are really good. Um, might have a chance to win a cup here in, in my last chance. Didn't happen for either of them, but can't fault them for trying. Some people do fault people for trying that, but like that's like a, I'm thinking about uh, Corey Perry, right? He, he's not doing that this year, but before he definitely was bouncing around trying to win cups. Poor Corey Perry. <laughs> Did he was I, I I did not watch much of the Panthers game. I'm not going to turn it back on. Um, but right away, like in the first uh, three minutes, he was just getting right in Anthony Stolar's face, being a, a punk. They sent him to the penalty box for um, roughing or something. So. Do, do you want to know how that game's going? I got I I already checked Twitter and I I restrained myself. <laughs> Corey, so. Corey Perry's got an assist. Whoopty freaking do! You know who doesn't have an assist? Anyone, Anyone on the Florida on the Panthers? Panthers. <laughs> Did I picked up uh, Taylor Hall uh, last minute in fantasy? And I'm I'm like, so that was like, hey, at least if the Panthers suck, maybe I'll get some fantasy points out of it. <laughs> So then my, I don't know if he has any yet, but uh But Brett, you've unless anyone's got anything else to say about these retirements, you've got some fun news for your Panthers. Right. So this was really exciting for me to make a post about um Alexander Barkov became the Panthers all time leader in games played. He passed Jonathan Huberto. Um he officially has a six hundred and seventy two games played and and i i loved typing uh this out for this post just all the things barkov leads the uh panthers franchise in so along with being first in games played he's first in goals first in points first in plus minus first in power play goals first in game winning goals uh first in faceoffs taken and won first most blocked shots as a forward first in shootout goals and then he's second in all the other categories that you could think about i mean he is already become the Panthers all-time greatest player. Um I would say he's surpassed Burray a while now. Burray probably had some of the best seasons as a Panther, but Barkov clearly greatest Panther. It's crazy cuz I remember when he was the year before he was becoming a free agent and they were talking about him leaving. What? When were they ever talking about that? That when before he signed his last 8-year contract. There was talks about him at least up here. Let me put it that way. <laughs> there were talks about him leaving and the Bruins trying to trade for him because Bergeron was getting older, Krejci was getting older, stuff like that. So, no way know. he was going I, anywhere. You think those were false rumors? At least from everything I heard down possibly. here. Possibly. I mean, if you ever heard sports radio up in Boston, you would believe anything they say. <laughs> so, when did they sign him to that eight-year deal? It wasn't too long ago because it just started last year. So, uh, 
Okay, yeah. So that's that sounds about right because that was right around when Crate was getting ready to leave too. So people have I, I, no one outside of Panthers fans seem to have this issue, but some people have an issue with him for being soft and sometimes overpassing. But I don't, I don't know. I think the statistics and the success of the franchise speaks for itself. The, this team never went to the playoffs since 1999 until Barkov was on the team, and they've had all their best seasons since then. Um, the President's Trophy year, then last year was our first time winning a game in the Cup Final. I mean, I feel like you can't can't argue against the stats here. So Bleacher Report released an article oh, back boy. in the day, and it said uh, <laughs> uh, it was reported in January that, yeah, the teams were calling Panthers uh, GM Bill Zito at the time to inquire, and were skeptical that Barkoff would want to re-sign in Florida. Um, and that was the same year Jack Eichel was up for a contract, so those were like two big names at the time who weren't signed. Obviously, they both signed with the team that they were at, but... Obviously, with full, former manager, your favorite former GM Dale Talon there. So, <laughs> well, he drafted him. Um, so we can we, Dale Talon, great at drafting players, not good at anything else. Because <laughs> think about uh, with Chicago, he drafted Taze and Kane and a lot of their top players. But Brett, this isn't a question for you because you're not going to answer it truthfully. Who would you rather have, Ethan and Amanda, Jack Eichel or? Alex Barkoff. You want to go? Uh, I can go first. Uh, <laughs> Ladies first. Come on, Ethan. All right. If she's got an answer, she's got an answer. I'd say Eichel. <sighs> okay. This is, I'm sorry, Brett. I've never really paid any attention to the Florida Panthers for so, even when I lived in Tampa, I just, I don't know. It, they were never a team to like be threatened by. So I just didn't pay attention to them. So Barkov, like I, I, see what you say about him and and I hear what you say about him and he's clearly a great player for the Florida Panthers but I I'm going to have to go Eichel just because I've followed him more right and that's so if if Barkov was any other city it, he would get a lot more recognition because he's on the Florida Panthers I mean the dude won a selkie already in his career I think with Bergeron gone he'll probably win a few more um I mean He's, he's basically, he's not as good as Datsuk, but that's his comparable player. Um, he's got a very high defensive IQ, very slick hands. I mean, his shootout percentage is crazy high. Um, he's, he pretty much does the same two moves, and the goaltenders don't know which one he's going to do, um, and that pretty much works almost every time. Um, I think, I mean, he got that, you guys remember that um, fake between the legs shot in mm. the uh, Carolina series? That's I feel like that's where Barkov got the most recognition right there because finally he, he's on the big stage and gets to kind of show off his his skill there. So for me, like obviously lately with Vegas winning the cup, you hear a lot about Jack Eichel and his two way play, but I would take Barkov any day of the week. Ooh, interesting. Thank you. <laughs> I, I also see him more every year. You know, you got to deal with him a little bit more than um, than Eichel. The early games. Yeah, compared to Vegas being on at 10 o'clock most nights. But, um, yeah, that's that. So, Barkov, not the only guy who hit a milestone that was recognized this week. Um, Joe Pavelski, going back to the Sharks, talk, even though he's not a Shark now. He's a Dallas Star. On your team. 
He <laughs> is. And he was just honored for his thousandth point. And I was Ooh. at the game, watched the whole tribute video and everything, and I'm just now realizing this point was earned in April <laughs> against the Red Wings. Oh wow! Uh, so they took they took some time to to recognize it, eh? Yeah. Now, I mean, it was the end of the regular season, and you're not gonna do all the pomp and circumstance during the playoffs. So I, I get right. that. But the funniest part of that whole tribute was, you know, this video announcement. It's like alternate captain for the Dallas Stars, Joe Pavelski. Blah, 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 blah. Dude comes out with Jim Nil. Didn't have the A on that night. <laughs> Didn't even have the A on that night. I have no clue why. Haven't found anything about it. But he is one of the alternate captains. Now in Dallas, this they rotate him. One game. Yeah, it's like, okay, you know this is happening. <laughs> Just It was scheduled. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are we doing? <laughs> but that doesn't take away from, from the greatness. I mean... It's crazy to think he was drafted in 2003, 7th round, 8th pick, eighth pick, 205th overall. Oh, wow. I didn't. Wow. That's like it's, a, he, it's like Patrick Hornquist-esque. Yeah. It, it's what he wasn't valued, but clearly has value. And it's like he's a fine wine. Just gets better <laughs> with age. And I think you didn't mention Ethan. Um, and I guys and you you put this in our things to talk about, and I thought this was cool. He's now right now um, he's the seventh highest goal scoring American in NHL history. Yeah, um, and he he's probably going to pass Pat LaFontaine um, probably this season. Um, I don't know if you think he'll get to five hundred goals, but that would be where he has to go to pass anyone else. I, my buddy and I we have half season tickets, and we were at this game, and we were talking about it. About like how long do you think Joe Pavelski plays? And we both easily agreed that two seasons after this, two two more seasons so following this, this one. one, it'd be three, three total. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think he passes uh, Joe Mullen, but hey, you, you to, never know. <laughs> yeah, you you never know. I never thought he'd score four goals in a game last season in the playoffs, much less, but. Good signing for the Stars. Congrats to Joe Pavelski. Sorry it didn't work out for the Sharks. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so the next topic we want to get into, we mentioned it very, very, very briefly when we were talking about Rasmus Anderson. But we want to talk about the Heritage Classic. It happened um, a couple days ago. It was between the Oilers and the Flames. They came out with, uh, this got more talked about, like, the days following the game with what Edmonton and Calgary came to the game wearing. Um, for Edmonton, they came out with, like, the like the oil rig thing, and then Calgary came out with the uh, jean overalls. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of cringy photos that came out of that. It was, it was wild. Um, to get a whole team to yeah. dress like that is bizarre. Like, I get why they did it, but it was still a little wacky. <laughs> if I'm in that locker room, I'm like, can we not do the whole, like, cool 80s <laughs> ski jackets and gear like they did in Tahoe? Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, the game, regardless of the uh, fashion wear, um, 
<laughs> the game ended 5-2 Edmonton. Edmonton really needed that win. They've been off to a rough start. I mean, you could say the same thing about Calgary, but uh, I'd rather see Edmonton win. Um, <laughs> one thing that stood out to me about the game wasn't so much on ice, but it was a sold-out crowd, and it sounded so quiet. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the game, but it, the energy didn't feel like it was there. And the part I was watching was when all the goals seemed to be scored. I think I saw like two or three goals, and the place was pretty dead, honestly, for 50,000 people. It was kind of wild. Right. Like, I, they got a little bit more excited for Nickelback than when one of the teams scored. That's <laughs> <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like we weren't, none of us were there, obviously. So maybe if you were there, it was louder. But based on what, where it could have been micro. I mean, it could have been microphone placement. Maybe they didn't have them out in the stands. But everything you heard, if you're watching the game on TV, it sounded very low energy. Like Cass said, dead. What was the attendance number on that? It was like 57, I think. No, it was high. It was in the 50s for sure. 55,411. Hold on. So that that's in Alberta. That this is the Alberta like head to head outside. Let's see. Um I used to know this number. Oh, the Dallas Winter Classic in 2020 when COVID was like just around the corner and people kind of knew about it. 85,630. Now to be fair to that point Ethan, um that stadium is much this was a sold out venue here because it's a cfl stadium so it was sold out um so that's that's the best they could do this was the 55 let's see what were the viewership numbers that might be more interesting i mean i'm kind of surprised how early this happened with in the season like i thought it was a little bit closer to the winter classic but like no we're like a few weeks into the season and boom heritage classic oh okay i guess it's happening let's see Oh no! Um, so the Heritage Classic was their viewership on TBS was two hundred and seventy-one thousand. Oof! Was that Canada and the U.S. or was that just the U.S.? Uh, I I'm guessing just the U.S. CBC, so the Canada's it was two point one million, which that's that's good. So Americans could care less. Lots of viewership in Canada, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of those 270,000. <laughs> that that makes did. it seem like you were one of a few. <laughs> but it's actually a lot. It's still, But when you compare it to the 2.1 mil, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's about as many people as were at the Texas Rangers World Series Parade. Wow. Oh, yeah, congrats uh, to Ethan's baseball team or their Texas Rangers. Uh, I was honestly happy once they took Houston out because didn't want to see the Astros win again. So I was fine if it was Texas or Arizona. So the next thing that we're going to talk about, um, we, uh, Jesse, speaking of Jesse, we didn't mention this yet, but Jesse got sick kind of last minute. So we're hoping you're feeling better soon. I'm sure he's planning on being back next week. But he mentioned at the end of the podcast the passing of Adam Johnson. It was very tragic. Suffered um, a skate blade to the neck that ended up, he ended up passing away from it in the hospital a couple hours later. And so now the talk about neck protection um, in the NHL, honestly, every hockey league is, is a major talking point right now. 
Um, I'm seeing things pop up in my X feed all the time. Like this player's wearing neck protection. This guy's wearing neck protection. This league has mandated it. And so um, I think one thing that I think a lot about with this is I think about a game a long time ago at this point. I want to say it was 2009, might have been 2008. Um, Florida Panthers were playing the Buffalo Sabres and Richard Zednick, um, he was skating with a puck. A Buffalo Sabres player tripped and his skate blade cut Richard Zednick's neck wide open. He's running to the bench, holding his neck, bleeding everywhere. They were able to save his life over there in Buffalo. So it was talked about a little bit then, but nothing like it is now because someone actually died. And so now it's being talked about a lot more serious. I, I mean, I can't think of any other time this happened between Richard Zednick and Adam Johnson. And, and hopefully, hopefully like it doesn't happen again, but I understand the, the seriousness that they're doing all this. Well, um, not necessarily the neck, but I think last year, Evander Kane got his wrist slash slashed open by Maroon skate. Right. So, I mean, this is probably the wrong answer because I'm kind of split on it, but I, I'm all about not to get political, my body, my choice. So if the player wants to wear it, good. If they don't want to wear it, fine. Like, it's your own personal decision. But from what I'm gathering and what I'm seeing, it's it's literally like an underlayer. It's not like extra padding. It's just like a thing of Kevlar. Like, yeah. Which is kind of wild that that's all it takes. Like, there's, there's no excuse not to wear it in my mind. Kind of, you know, same thing with the visor. Like, I know a lot of the – there's only a couple players in the league right now that don't have a visor, but I mean, the NHL adapted it that way. And I think that's going to be the, the narrative move, moving forward. You've already seen a couple of the Canadian leagues uh, mandate it. Um, but then you're going to run into the supply issue as well. Um, I, I heard on the broadcast today that uh, TJ Oshie actually owns a team that um, makes them. But if everyone's trying to buy them up, you're going to run into a supply chain issue pretty quick as well. Okay, you definitely you switched your narrative, at least in my mind, how I was hearing you. Because at first I thought you were saying with the whole, like, my body, my choice thing. Like, don't force it on players. But then you kind of came back to this, like the visors, it's smart. So are you are you for implementing them? Yeah. Both. I think it should be my body, my choice, but I think you should be smart enough to wear it. Yeah. I, essentially. <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying. It, and you mentioned like the Evander Kane with his wrist. I think the there was the the incident, it was a long time ago, with the blues goalie. Um had his neck slashed open, blood all over the ice. I love showing new hockey fans that video. Um and he did live. And then you the- Clint Malachuk or whatever one? Yeah, yeah. In the crease? But then the one I saw for the first time, like, not live at the game, but on TV, was the Eric Carlson one where his Achilles was. It, they were along the boards, and um, I it was actually against the Penguins. And Matt Cook was, you know, he's churning his skates, and his his skate comes up. And goes back down the back of the skate of Carlson. And he's he's obviously trying to push into ice and basically just full force goes into Carlson's Achilles and 
clean cuts it. Um, and, and that's obviously terrible, but it's a hazard of the game. So I get from the NHL standpoint, it's a legal issue because you don't want players having massive injuries where they're no longer playing and then they try and file a lawsuit, all of that. But I'm not going to talk about that because I don't know enough. But I do know, like, I'm going to compare it to the NFL. Um, Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, was it last season, two seasons ago? Mm-hmm. That's right. They yeah. have helmets. They have protocols. They have stuff like that. That was a freak accident where he almost died. Now, thankfully, he didn't die. But that doesn't mean the NFL is going to come back and say, okay, now we're going to implement this new rule. And Cass's comparison of, which it wasn't even Cass's comparative corner, but it was a good comparison with the visors. Um, they've implemented this rule, but they've grandfathered in the players who haven't worn them. Jamie Ben is one. I don't know if there's any on y'all's teams. Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves. That's not my team, but I was thinking you just play the players. Luchik. Luchik. Milan Lucic. Yeah. So it's not like they're forcing it, but they're trying to implement it more. And that's a good idea. But I also don't think this net guard's going to actually prevent the issue. To, to me, one thing that I was going to kind of mention, it, it kind of is unfortunate that someone has to die for these kind of changes to kind of start being thought about. Um, we recently on the page um, did Rinktober. We talked about all the different rinks and I was helping out with the Columbus Blue Jackets one. And while reading about the arena, it was in the Columbus Blue Jackets arena that a puck flew into the stands and killed this little girl. And so they had to change the way that they put up nets around the arena and stuff like that. So, you know, that's just one thing that I was thinking about that it's kind of like, it seems like someone has to die before they think about these rule changes. Most stuff is always reactionary as it goes, you know, like true. Not the same, but you see it a lot in construction, especially, especially on the safety aspect. Safety's pretty lax until an injury happens and then everyone wants to come in and pretend to do their job. We always say safety last and less is first, you know, that's our motto. One thing that you made me think of that I kind of already briefly was talking about with, with Richard Zednick, he didn't die, so you didn't see all this neck mandate stuff. But with um, Adam ja- Johnson actually passed away from it, now it's talked about more seriously. But now, he, I'm going to be the bad guy on this topic. Oh, no. But <laughs> it, I've had like my, my mom, my grandma, when we're watching NFL games or NHL games and a big injury happens, it's like, why... Why isn't it safer or things like that? And not to reference last week's episode title, but it really does come down to play stupid games, win stupid prizes. When you go out and you play a sport that is high impact, high risk, there there will always be a chance something bad happens. And that's something you just, you can't skirt around that. It doesn't matter how many rules or protective gear implementations you put on the league, um, there will always be a way that uh, you're literally skating on blades. There's a way that blades are going to injure you. So I think it's not, I don't want to react as drastically as we could. For example, Masterson, um, he died on the ice in a game, wasn't blade related. I believe it was hit related, if I if I remember correctly. But 
we still hit in the NHL, right? So the other thing we have to remember too is, I'm pretty sure it's not something that the NHL can just mandate right off the bat. I'm pretty sure they have to work with the players' association through the union to make you know to go right. through all that stuff, and oh, the players yeah. do have a voice in it. I mean, I re- I saw a little bit on X slash Twitter today. Uh, the defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets, Neil Pionk, Adam Johnson was the the person's name who passed away, correct? Yes. Uh, he was Neil Pionk's uh, best man in his wedding, and he's oh, wow. having a hard time cope. Sure. You know, he took a penalty the other day, and he said all he could think about in the penalty box was Adam and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So even though he hasn't played in the NHL in a while, he does still have – very, very big connections in the NHL, yeah. which stinks. So that's why I think you'll see a lot more players wearing them. And, and like I said earlier, it's not like it's padding. It looks like a Thomas Placanic like turtleneck to a certain extent. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't like stick out too much. Like if you're watching a regular broadcast, you can't tell just by watching them you, skate you around that you can have exactly. So. I was just reading that you have three teams in the NHL currently that are now like looking actively into the net guards, um, the Capitals, the Pens, and the Hurricanes being the third one of like actually looking to see the best way to implement it for their team. So you're you're saying like they're potentially making it um, a mandation that their players on those three teams wear them, or at least kind of. I don't know if they're being if those teams are being like the guinea pigs for the leagues okay. just to be get input. Um, but those were like the three out of the league that were mentioned. I did not know that. Like I said, sooner rather than later, you're going to run into a supply issue with this, considering how many kids, how many adults, how many beer leagues, AHL, ECHL. Just keep on going into it. So true. It's going to affect everywhere. You'll see these Amazon boxes coming out with these pretty soon, I guarantee it. Which, like I said, it stinks (laughs) that it's all reactionary, but... It's all big hockey. Big Bauer. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) I I will say, I, I decided to look it up. So Masterson died because his head hit the ice. This is pre Are you about Bill Masterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the one that that trophy is named after. Correct. And okay. he's got his his number is retired by the Stars because he played with the North Stars. Okay. Um, I think for like two seasons, and maybe even just one. And this is actually an example of the NHL not being reactionary because he died in 1968, and it took. 11 years before helmets actually became a thing. So I'm I'm assuming he didn't have a helmet on when his head hit the ice, correct? Correct. Jesus. There were even injuries in like 1933, I thought I saw. Um, but yeah, he, he dies in 68 and then helmets don't even come into play until um, 79, 1979. Yeah. So almost ten, 10 years after the incident. I mean, I mean, imagine how many injuries were happening to goalies before they made goalies wear helmets, oh, you know? Damn it, Brett, you took my point. <laughs> you can you can continue on it. No, that's it. It's just how stupid did you have to be to be a goalie and not wear a mask? I mean, you hopefully you're married already cuz you're not going to get a girl. You know, you got they now they weren't shooting they weren't shooting the pucks like they are now. 
Like they weren't putting up triple digit puck shots. <laughs> they weren't going right. that high. Sure, a forty mile per hour slap. Yeah, they weren't putting the puck up. They weren't even top shelfing. Right, right. They were just kind of like knuckle puck shoveling <laughs> it into the net, really. So you didn't really. But still, like eventually, when players started to figure out, they like, hey, we can put some power behind these shots. Like, yeah, I think we're gonna need to start wearing masks. One thing that I thought would be interesting to talk about, just because of how poorly the Oilers have started off, is thinking about who will win the Hart Trophy for the most valuable player in the NHL. Because before the season starts, everyone's like, it's gonna be McDavid. Like, no question, right? And both him and the Oilers have not looked great. Um, that. They haven't like shown that high octane offense that we're gotten so used to seeing them. Um, I'm trying to find out how many points McDavid scored so far. He's already missed a couple games due to injury. Um, so far this season, he has okay. So he's okay. He's not scoring goals, but two goals, eight assists, ten points in the eight games he's played. Um, definitely not on the pace he was on last year, but I think the two goals is kind of surprising. Um, but not to focus too much on Edmonton, I'm thinking, could this be a year for someone else to win it? And my nomination right now is kind of an obvious one with Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Yep. <laughs> Dude's been off to a tear lately. Um, I think it's the, I remember us, we posted this on our page. It wasn't one of us, but Jack Hughes is off to the third fastest point total since 1994-95, only behind like Lemieux. Um, he's got 20 points in nine games. He got hurt last game, but as far as we know, he should be back. We already said that a little bit. Um, any other players you guys are thinking about that might potentially take the heart away from McDavid this year? Elias Pettersson. He's only one point behind Jack Hughes. Wow, I did not realize Pedersen. I know the Canucks been doing well. I did not realize he was up there. Points in the NHL, it's Jack Hughes with 20, Elias Pedersen with 19, Jesper Bratt with 18, JT Miller with 16. Wow. But also Quinn Hughes with 16. And that's why I don't think Pedersen, they're going to battle against each other. So well, there's Hughes gonna, and Brat. There. Yeah, but you could say that about Hughes and Brat too. Yeah. One thing that's yeah. interesting I, is that a lot of times Hughes and Brat have not been playing on the same line. They play together on the power play, but during five on five, they're not together. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think that's the only two names that you kind of can talk about right now. The Canucks being off. Obviously, I mean, that kind of brings only... into the fact that the Canucks have been off to an incredible start. Um, you brought up Quinn Hughes. This is something that I thought would be interesting. Um, like, there's one thing talking about could the Hughes family have one of the <laughs> biggest um, trophy years in NHL history in the 70s with the Esposito brothers, uh, Phil Esposito and Tony Esposito. Phil Esposito won the Hart, the Lindsay, the Art Ross. I think one more that I'm not remembering. Um, and then Tony Esposito won the Vesna. It, w- it was five total, so I'm definitely forgetting one. But this year, you could have Jack Hughes win the Art Ross, win the Hart, win the Lindsay, Quinn Hughes win the Norris, and then um, Luke Hughes win the Calder. <laughs> so that would be... If Luke Hughes won the Calder, <laughs> I would have such a big issue with that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? 
that just because Wyatt Johnson didn't get nominated last year. (laughs) I just I don't know. Oh, you got you got to tell us why. Can't be I don't know. (laughs) Because he's doing good things, but it not to jump to that conclusion yet. Like if you've got Jack Hughes winning stuff, you've got Quinn Hughes winning stuff. If Luke Hughes won the Calder, unless he shows significant change, like improvement, I'm I'm claiming Hughes bias just to try and get your point. Like the <laughs> NHL is like, let's just make them all winners. He's he's second in points for all rookies right now, and he's a defenseman, so he's off to a pretty good start. He is. I don't. I don't know. I I won't say no. I. It's too early for me to say anything. I. Let's I recant. Like it's the way too early. Heart and trophy. Yeah. No. You're. No. You're right. You're right. I don't actually have a better alternative. So I spoke too soon. <laughs> I'm trying to I see. I mean, everyone. Similar to everyone picking McDavid, Wayne Hart. I mean, Bedard's the obvious choice for the Calder right now, and he's been off to a solid start. I know he got another goal tonight. Um, as they were recording against Florida. So he's just continuing to put up points, which I, I suspect he's going to do all year. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy. That would be the main thing that would prevent that from happening. Did, um, uh, who won Calder last year? It was Matty Beneers, who's off to an absolute garbage start. Garbage start, year. yeah. <laughs> did, did he lead with points? He did. He okay. had the most points. The reason why um, a couple guys, I think you're talking about Wyatt Johnston, like, or even um, that guy on Arizona. Uh, well, my big my, issue with Calder is more so Jason Robertson's year when Krill Kaprizov oh. won. That was two years ago, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Matty Beneers had the most points, but a couple other guys, I think it was the guy on Arizona, Machelli, I believe, uh, he had a better point per game percentage, but he had played less games. So there was kind of like some controversy there, but they decided you know to give Beneers. So. Here, here's what I'll say. If I had to pick a Calder winner right okay. now, I'm going Logan Cooley. How's he, he? He's only scored one goal, right? Or has he done better than that? He's got remember. eight points. He's tied for first. Oh. It's with the freaking Bobby Brink, man, for the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yeah. That's that's crazy. I can see Luke Hughes actually is technically tied for third instead of I said second, he's tied for third. Still pretty good now, though. Now, if we're gonna stay on this path of way too early projections, sure, why, not? why not bring up the athletics list of postseason projections like we've done <laughs> the last few weeks. Hey, so things fun. have changed a little. Uh let's see. So for the Atlantic, we've got the Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, and Toronto Maple Leafs. They have Florida second? They do. Wow. Okay. Then you've got the Metropolitan, Carolina, New Jersey, and New York. Uh, I think that's the same as last week. The Central, you now have the Dallas Stars in first, Colorado Avalanche in second, and Winnipeg Jets in third. And for the Pacific, Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings, Vancouver Canucks. Um, for wild card spots, you've got the Toronto, uh, nope, sorry, they're third. You've got Edmonton Oilers, 
being the first for the West. Yes. Edmonton, first wild card in the West, and then Winnipeg Jets, second. And then for the East, you've got, my goodness, you've got to go far down on this list. The Islanders and the Senators. Okay. Islanders have been off to a better start, and then, start than I would have Yeah, expected. agreed. Um, the interesting the thing. The goalies have been lights out, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Varlamov, not just Sorokin. Uh, and then I mean, for, they did just lose in overtime to the Canes, but. They just did? Yes. Oh, dang. What, the Islanders were up 3-1. Yeah. Pretty late in the game, too, I'm pretty sure. Hard to get Canes for a reason. Um, and then for Stanley Cup odds, it's still Dallas and Carolina tied at 14%. And Boston has taken over third with 10%. But Boston still is projected for the President's Trophy. Wait, did Boston lose in regulation tonight? No. Damn it, Brett. I was going to do a... Who do you think is going to lose first, Vegas or Boston? And I was going to pick. I'm looking at the standings and I see that big old one in the loss call. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) How many do you have? (laughs) Hey, Florida scored two goals. Wait, but. Um, Yeah, they lost to the Wings today. Dude, that's Um, crazy. But um, the Golden Knights very well could lose to the Avalanche tonight in regulation. Yes. Apparently, apparently, like the last, I think it was the last four games. The last five games in Detroit, the Bruins have lost four of them or something like that. Detroit's not an easy I knew that was going to come up, and I was going to say if Boston won tonight, they'd lose their first regulation on Monday. Who are they playing? Against the Stars. Stars. Dude, they're top in the Central right now. I mean, they've been off to – I don't think their start's surprising at all. Um, I think they're going to be up there all year. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually disappointed in the start. (laughs) With a 7-1-1 start? Yeah. Why are you disappointed with that, Ethan? It's it's been ugly. Ugly? Ugly wins. Yeah, they're yeah. they're goals for and goals against very close. Only uh well, and we've we've basically been going 1A 1B with goalies. Oh. Like they with, are yeah, making Wedgwood a statement Ottinger, saying yeah. yeah, we're going to rest Ottinger. So we put in Wedgwood against Toronto, which we lost, and Edmonton, which blew my mind. So do you, do you think they're just trying to rest them as much as they can before the postseason? Do you think that's what their goal Absolutely. is? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. I think that's what I think the Florida they went with um, Stolars in this game, which I thought was weird. Um, Bobrovsky's coming off a shutout win, and they put in Stolars, and not not a good start for him at all. Um, but that could be a strategy going in for a lot of teams. But I, I don't. I don't know how much that's going to work. The team that did that the most and the best and is going to probably do it again is Cass's Bruins. And um, they they didn't have that playoff success last year. Doesn't mean they won't have it this year, but it's kind of interesting that teams would try and pursue that resting your goalie. Now, here's the difference. Boston has the truest 1A, 1B yeah. of the NHL. Dallas basically two I starters. Yeah, I would call Dallas's like 1A, 1C. Islanders. I know that doesn't make sense, but you get what I'm saying. Um, and what I think they're going to do is rest Ottinger until the very end push, and then it's just get him into a groove and mm-hmm. then go into the playoffs. Okay. We'll see if it pays off. We'll see if it pays off. I mean, Dallas's window is starting to close. I think you talked about that several episodes again. Ago, sorry. Several episodes ago. 
Yeah, well, it, it's not as much as other teams. I think we've got maybe a three to five year window, right? Which is not not big, and 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 if things start, like if they don't get, oh, I don't know, if they don't get like a cup appearance soon, I just know the that can really demoralize a lot of teams. Like you feel like you got you're so close, like as a lot of Panther fans are like, we're gonna go back, and I'm like, I feel like that was our chance, and. We blew it, um, so I don't know. But here you are. You're you're projected to be right behind Boston, which is crazy. I I I, I think we're going to do a lot of the same thing last year. Just kind of coast a little bit, be this mid tier team, and then random six game winning streak. Worked last year. <laughs> it worked last year. <laughs> I think once you guys get healthy, I could see Florida be a team to reckon with once they get healthy. Yeah, I mean we're missing our top two defensemen. They've been skating with practice right now, Montour and Ekblad. Um, no, the, the closest timetable that I've seen be released is that the week of Thanksgiving is when we'll see them back, which would be awesome because I remember a lot of reports coming after the Cup final saying Ekblad was going to be out till 2024. So um, <laughs> it'll be good to get him back in November. I need to see if he's available in some of these leagues. I'm in. <laughs> I saw, I know, so I'll say in mine, which I know you guys are in, he, someone already took both Ekblad and Montour and they're uh, sending him on IR. So was it you? you? Were you that person? It's not okay. me. I don't, I don't have either of them. It was auto picks that got both uh, those players. <laughs> like Amanda might have one of them. I'm not sure. Hey, Amanda, you want to make a trade? <laughs> I tried to offer a couple people trades for Kent Johnson. No, he's down. Well, we don't have, I, he got sent down and he's been off to a rough start to be fair. Um, so, but he still, I, I can't, I can't, I can't cut him. Like, I don't want to cut him because he's got all that potential. And we're really going off topic. It's fine. That's been me and Pacioretty for like the last three seasons. <laughs> he sat on my IR bench for three seasons. You're like, just wait. He's going to, he's going to come out. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to start scoring goals. Before we keep just ranting about random stuff, fantasy hockey leagues, whatever, we're going to close it out for this episode. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're recording episodes every week for you guys to listen on Tuesdays. So we'll catch you again next week. This was Brett. This is Cass. This was Ethan. And this is Amanda. Catch you guys next time. Freeze the ball. Music for this episode was written, recorded, and performed by Robbie Padavano at Robbie Padavano on Instagram.